Let's uh, bow our heads again. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the word of God. We ask this morning that you would speak to us and open our hearts to receive your grace, receive your forgiveness, and receive your love abundantly, more than we can ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. A whale of a job. Jonah was giving a, given a very, very big job. And sometimes we are also given big jobs and we are afraid to take it. Sometimes laptops and computers give us trouble. Here we go. <clears throat> Jonah was a prophet of God. And as I was studying this lesson... I was amazed at what happened to him. And there's some interesting parallels that I found in the life of Christ. As we read in verse 6, we'll continue in the book of Jonah, chapter 1. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. And perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. It was a huge storm. A storm that was so big that the sailors, seasoned sailors, captain of the ship, was afraid for their lives. And so afraid that they would call upon their gods to save them. This was an extraordinary storm. And when storms happen in your life, sometimes you fall back on your knees. God's allowed, God allows us to go through tribulations and trials sometimes just for that purpose so that we'll get on our knees. And the sailors had a light in the load so that the ship could be saved. And so sometimes we will put aside things that are heavy, burdens that will get in our way from being saved. And so here the captain was preaching to Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God, but the captain of the ship was preaching to him, and he said, What do you mean, sleeper? What do you mean, sleeper? Why are you asleep? We are fighting for our lives. We're battling the storm. What do you mean, sleeper? How can you sit back and sleep when we're battling for our lives? Call upon your God. Get on your knees and pray. Perhaps God will consider us and have mercy on us and save us from our distress. Today we can see great tribulations. We see violence all over the world. Just last Thursday, we were saddened by the news of four men armed with guns went to a university in Nairobi, Kenya, seeking to destroy Christians. 
they found 145 of them and killed them. My brother called me Friday morning and said, they're about a day ahead of us, 10 hours behind. He called me, I think it was Thursday, and he heard the news. And he says, is your daughter okay? Because he knew that my daughter Casey and her husband Jarrett had flown to Kenya this week. They were on their way to a, a dental clinic. It's a mission in the, in the uh, Maasai tribal area there. And you have to fly into Nairobi, and then you get on a jeep, and you travel six hours on a back road to this clinic. And it's a good thing, because at this clinic, it's, it's safe. And it's right by a beautiful game preserve, and we uh, received a, uh, a picture. <clears throat> they have Wi-Fi back there. And so we got a text that shows a picture of their, of their place that they're staying. It's a nice hut. <laughs> it's it's a, kind of a thatched roof, and it looks kind of neat. And a beautiful grounds, and then they got a picture of a giraffe. <clears throat> And so they're on a safari uh, looking out on their day off. So they were safe. But our friends and family knew that they were going through Nairobi. And we were so relieved to get that text that they were okay. It's not safe whether you fly. You think the pilots will be responsible. And unfortunately, some are suicidal. No remorse for the lives that they're responsible for. We'll have great tribulations in the future. We have some right now, but they will happen more and more frequently as we get closer to the end of time. And God is asking us, as the captain asked Jonah, what do you mean, sleeper? Why are you sleeping? Arise, call upon your God, and perhaps God will consider us so that we will not perish. Now is not the time to sleep. Now is the time to awake. It reminds me of the story of Jesus and his disciples. When they were sleeping, when they should have been awake and praying, In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36, chapter 26, verse 36, we read, And then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with them Peter and his two sons, Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. He was going through a tribulation. He saw the cross before him. He shuddered to think of what was at stake. And most of all, he shuddered to think that he would be separated from his father. Imagine that. That was his biggest fear, more so than the cross. And Jesus said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. 
Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. As you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Jesus knew that Peter would be tempted. He knew that Peter would be tempted to deny him. And even though he knew that, Jesus loved Peter. He loves us, knowing our weaknesses. He loves us even though he knows we're going to fail at times. But he is praying for us for our salvation. He will not give up on us because he loves us. He knows that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Can we trust our own flesh? Can we trust our own strength? No, we can't. Where do we get the strength? Through prayer. Through prayer. Through the power of God in his word. And again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, sleeper. Arise, sleeper. And pray that God can save us. Arise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus was awake when others were sleeping. Jesus called out in earnest prayer for his Father to save him, to be with him. He prayed for strength to do his Father's will, to be obedient. It was his passion to save us from, humanity, from sin. It was his passion to save humanity. And he decided that that was so important that he's willing to save you and, and I at the risk of his own life. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because he loved us. He loved us. Going back to Jonah, in verse 7, and they said one to another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. 
Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? They had a lot of questions. They needed answers. When they ask questions, they want answers. Their life was at stake. And so he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. Whoa, when he said that, their eyes got big. You serve the God that created the sea and the land? That really got their attention. Now they were really afraid. And said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. He told them the whole story. They knew that he was running from his God. They knew that he was supposed to go to Nineveh, but he refused to go. He went the other way. And they're asking him, How can you do such a thing? Look, what, as, what, look what's happened. We're about to die. They were panicking. They realized this is a serious problem. This is a serious storm that's not going to go away because there's a God in heaven who's very angry because of this man, Jonah, this Hebrew. We're all going to die because of him. And they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. What can we do when things get rough? What can we do when it gets more stormy? Problems happen week after week. It gets worse and worse and worse. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. He knew that he was the problem. Nevertheless, the men rode and hard to return to land. They could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. And therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. In the Bible, it uses the word fear but also could be translated, they respected, they honored the Lord. Because of this experience, these sailors honored the God of heaven who created the sea and the earth. <clears throat> Jesus is the savior of, a troubled, of this troubled world. He gave his testimony that he is the Lamb of God, he is the sacrifice that will take away all our sins. 
Jesus was obedient to the Father while Jonah ran from his father, from the instructions. Jesus was obedient, obedient even to the cross. And why would Jesus do this? Yes, he loves us, but also, what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not, what? Perish, but have everlasting life. God does this because he loves us, that we do not perish. When the storms are around us and the waves are are coming over the ship, the salt water is in our eyes, the wind is blowing us, we're hanging on for dear life, God is there to save us because he loves us. He will always love us, even when we refuse to obey him. He loves us, and he is working to save us as he had to work to save Jonah. And so Jonah was thrown into the sea. In the Bible, we see some spiritual lessons of certain words. What does the word sea represent in prophecy in the Bible? We studied this in our Sabbath school lesson on our beginner's Bible class. What what does the sea mean? It's a multitude of people. Jonah was thrown into the sea. He was thrown into a multitude of people for a ministry. He was thrown into a ministry to go to Nineveh where there were thousands of people there to save them. They were a wicked people and their violence and their wickedness went up to heaven and God said, I need to save these people or they will be destroyed by themselves or by another nation and there'll be no one will be saved. So one last call, he calls Jonah. And Jonah was thrown into this ministry. At first, he did not want to do the ministry. But ministry for Jesus is the most exciting thing. It's the most, it's the most wonderful occupation we could ever have, to minister for Jesus. And to minister for Jesus, it does not mean standing in front of giving a sermon. It may mean vacuuming the carpet, washing windows, pulling weeds, fixing up a thrift store. There's so many ways we can minister. Passing out this newsletter to our friends, invite them to church, fill this church with families young people, kids, make this church alive. All of us has a ministry. We can have a prayer ministry. If you cannot get out and help out with your hands, fold them together, get on your knees and pray. What a powerful ministry that is. And that is what changes lives, is the prayers. Jonah was called to save these people. He was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. 
In verse chap, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And Jonah prayed to the Lord from his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. My friends, when we are in trouble and we cry out, know that Jesus will hear our voice because he loves us and he wants to help us. And he prayed to the Lord out of the belly of the fish, and God answered him. And after three days and three nights, God spoke to the fish, and the fish spit out Jonah onto dry land. God knew that Jonah was too weak to swim to shore, so he took the, 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 uh, the fish, just went right up to the shore, and spit him out right on the sand. Didn't have to swim at all. And then God called Jonah again. Jonah, are you ready now? This time he said yes. I'm ready. And fearlessly he went to Nineveh. He preached his heart out. Not afraid of anything. He had already been in the whale for three days and three nights. He had already been in a raging storm. He was not afraid of the people of Nineveh. His God in heaven was with him. He was on a mission from God. Nothing could be blocking him now. He was going to do this. And he went up there and he preached his heart out. And the king of Nineveh gave his heart to God in repentance, sackcloth, asking for mercy. And God heard his prayer, and by the example of that leader, the whole city began to repent. In those 40 days was a great revival in that wicked city. And God saw their prayer, their repentance and heard their prayers and gave them mercy. Going back to Jesus, he was willing to take the the penalty of our sins on the cross. His distress, his tribulation, was for three days and three nights. You may wonder, how does that turn out? Because if Jesus was crucified on Friday afternoon and died, and yet he rose on early Sunday morning, how do you do three days and three nights? It depends where you start the tribulation. And I believe that if you go back into his experience, when did this tribulation begin? Was it just Friday? Or was it in Gethsemane? In the garden when he was praying earnestly, to his Father in heaven with great drops of blood coming down as he was struggling to stay close to his Father. His distress began very strongly in the Gethsemane, being betrayed, being beaten, going through mockeries of trials, having his beard pulled out, slapped, spit upon, whipped with whips, being uh, betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter. His tribulation began Thursday night. 
So if you have Thursday night to Friday night to Saturday night, that's three nights. And then early Sunday morning, the grave could not hold him. And he rose from the dead. Just as Jonah was spit out of the fish onto dry land, Jesus came out of the tomb triumphant. He went through that distress for you and I. And he was resurrected. He was called by God to minister to his people and to save them from destruction. Just as Jonah went to Nineveh and brought a great revival, we have a calling to do right here, don't we? To bring a revival in this community, in this county. There's a calling for each one of us to minister for Jesus in any way that we can. God is calling us just like on a cell phone, He's calling you and I through his word and through opportunities for us to go out into the sea and throughout the community, throughout this county, and give the good news that Jesus loves you. He will forgive you. The good news that we have truth. Many people are confused and been deceived by false doctrine. We have the opportunity to give truth to each and every one. It is my prayer this morning that we will wake up and arise, that we will not be a sleeper, but we'll arise and pray and work for Jesus as God's family. Is that your desire to be like Jesus? It's my desire as well. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for what Jesus has done for us. You've given us many wonderful things, Lord. You've given us a wonderful church, a church family. You've answered our prayers and given us a a lovely pastor and wife, a couple, a team that can work for our church, our young people. Give us a school and a great teacher there and helpers. You've given us so many things, Father. Now, Father, we want to give give back to you our service, our obedience to your call. They will not sleep, but they will wake have a prayer partner, and be guided by your spirit. We ask you to bless Pastor Zach and Leah as they travel and come back to this area. We ask you to bless their their ministry they've had in Singapore. Now we ask, Lord, that you will give them safety and strength and wisdom as they come to our church. Each one of us be helpers to be attendant to their needs and to work together as a team that we all might may be on a mission for God. 
fearing nothing. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.